Hey, welcome back to E-Crime Bites. This is season two, episode four, and now we're in the concluding act, the cover-up. And this is about the YouTuber, Trevor Jacob, not just YouTuber. He's a YouTuber. He is an Olympian. Olympian. He's a Nitro Circus performer. And probably other things I don't even know about and I forgot. It's no, he snowboards. That's what he did in, in the Olympics back in 2014. Well, to make... To catch you up, if you haven't joined us for the prior three acts, which I recommend you do because there's a lot of great background in there, and we show you the video of this plane accident. What happened was he went up in the air. He was going to spread his friend's ashes. Supposedly, he lost power, and with almost no thought, I'd say no more than maybe two minutes worth of thought, jumps out of his damn plane with a parachute on and watches this plane spiral into mountains in California, just outside of Santa Barbara and Los Angeles. In the last act, the NTSB, which is the General National Transportation, Safety, Transportation Board. Safety Board, and the FAA got involved with the investigation. And even if you don't care what those mean, just know that two federal agencies are investigating Trevor Jacob now, which is, when it's federal like that, it's, it's, it's a very bad thing. So in act four, the concluding act here, we're going to talk about the cover-up. So Trevor Jacobs being investigated, he doesn't want to be investigated. So what would you do, Seth? If you, if you just crashed your plane because supposedly the power cuts out and then you had the forethought, you were just wise enough to have the parachute on because you were flying over mountains and you just happened to have it. You jumped out and saved your life. What would be your next act? If you're being investigated, would it be to hire a helicopter company and then ask them to fly the wreckage to another airport? The, I would say probably not, right? It wouldn't even be on my radar. I was going to say, you know, you come clean, explain that you were doing a stunt and you failed to file the required paperwork or, you know, request for permission to do such a thing. Um, just come clean in which case it would have just find them i don't think they would have come after him criminally because nobody was hurt um but i would not have tried to remove the fucking evidence of it, an airplane by hiring and leaving a paper trail thus of another company to remove it i, I wouldn't have gone that direction but you know what do, so I'm not i gotta walk you through, either. i gotta walk you through this scenario this is just amazing and i in a morbid way i kind of wish i could have seen it go down so basically, Jacob asked the owner of a helicopter company if he would help him retrieve his plane. So the guy said yes. And I imagine he probably became an cooperating witness at some point. But Jacob and a friend both drove trucks to the airport. Okay. Then they got in the helicopter. They flew to the wreckage site. They picked up the wreckage with straps. And then they returned to the airport with it. Now you have to imagine this. Now, if you joined us for the video and you saw the video of the wreckage, it's on kind of the side of a hill. So the, I can't imagine the helicopter is gonna have a real easy time trying to land close to the plane so they could strap it up and all that other stuff. This had to be a pretty coordinated effort. And then once whatever they did to get this, in my opinion, still pretty intact airplane up in the air, it, it 
I would think it would still look like an airplane unless they took sawzalls and like chopped it up into small enough pieces that they could like bag it up or something. But it would look like an airplane. Wouldn't well, you that think? actually happens. That's not till later. Okay, let me show you this, which is a map. The red arrow is the approximate crash site. Just that mountain range area there is where I think this happened. The green is where he took off from. So that's the um, the Lumpuk Airport, which is the Santa Barbara area. The blue is the airport where the helicopter is. So what happened was they rented the helicopter and flew from the blue arrow over to the red arrow, picked up the airplane and then flew it suspended under the, the helicopter back to the blue airport. So those that blue and the green, are those are two airports. So they're pretty close to each other. All right. So now we're in December. 10th of 2021 and, same day uh, same day of the helicopter rescue of the uh, crash plane and now our hero returns back to lompoc city airport so jacob and his friend drove the trucks back to lompoc city airport and they unloaded the wreckage into jacob's own hangar i guess he rents out a hangar to put his now deceased plane now inside this hangar, what's that lompoc is the green arrow on your yep. chart right now that's so they're going from the blue arrow to the green arrow. And that's why I'm leaving it on your screen to kind of visualize what's going on here. Now, so we're clear. He's under federal investigation from two different agencies. So your best case scenario, other than messing with evidence on site, would be to at least leave the wreckage as it is, right? Right? No, 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 no. He and his buddy then decide to cut up the airplane into small pieces and they dump the pieces in the airport's trash and elsewhere. And it's kind of like, first of all, if you, why would you do that? If you're gonna cut it up, maybe to hide the evidence, you wouldn't dump the evidence directly on site. So either they did not have ulterior motives, they just had a motive to put the airplane into smaller pieces and throw some of it out, or they're the world's dumbest criminals ever. I don't know, it's one or the other. We had some logistics questions we were kind of thinking out loud is did they dump did they uh cut the air the sorry the engine block in half engine blocks generally are very solid pieces of metal that are very heavy i don't think a saw would just cut through it unless you have like one of those laser saws um and uh did anybody notice that there were people carrying around pieces of a fucking airplane and dumping it in the garbage i might have noticed it i would have been like hey what are you doing but what do i know i'm not a nitro circus 12 days later so 12 days later, Trevor then uploads video of the airplane crash to YouTube. So the original had a brief moment at the beginning where Trevor Jacob thanked Ridge Wallet. Those are kind of those, you know, specific wallets that, you know, I guess reject a, uh, um, a radio wave. Like a sportsman. Signal. Yeah, and anyway, it's a famous, it's a fairly famous brand. Um, so he flashed the wallet before jumping into the plane as he crashed. Um, and that sponsorship had been removed, but the rest of the video remains on YouTube. And that's how we were able to show you the relevant clips. So now we're into the new year. It's January 3rd of 2022. And the NTSB again emails Trevor Jacob. And they asked for, again, hey, what are the GPS coordinates of the wreckage? And the next day, Jacob responding saying, he didn't know the plane's location. So that's problematic because it's like several lies built into it, right? They're asking for coordinates of the wreckage, which you could have provided, but the wreckage would have been technically in 75 different places, given that it was cut up and moved. 
Um, and of course, he knew the location of the plane. He flew to it in the helicopter and strapped a uh, helicopter strap to it. So that's a major, major problem for him because he directly lied to the NTSB. And it's so, so much later. Like it's a month plus from the accident and it's January of the next year. They're still saying, where's the wreckage site? And he's like, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's strung them along for so long. You would think the NTSB would have said like a month ago, hey, F this, you know, we got to figure this out now. Right. So now we flash forward all the way to the spring or April of 2022. And now the FAA takes his pilot license. Quote, during this flight, you open the left side pilot door before you claim the engine had failed the FAA. How do they know this? There's a video of it. Before jumping out of the plane, the agency said Mr. Jacob made no attempt to contact air traffic on the emergency frequency, did not try to restart the engine by increasing airflow over the prop, and failed to look for a place to safely land, even though there were multiple areas within gliding range in which you could have made a safe land. Jones, it's almost like he crashed the plane on purpose. Almost, right? So... They continue on. They claim that Jacob filmed himself mailing in his pilot's license, wearing a shirt that stated in bold black letters, always wear your parachute. As Jacob traveled to the post office, he said, quote, the aviation community has been pretty tough on me. So I'm thinking about quitting altogether and giving up because I'm just hated. So now we flash forward a couple months. Now we're in, sorry, one month rather. Now we're in May, May 10th of 2023. Sorry, we're, we're a year now. I'm sorry. Big jump in time here. So over a year has passed. And clearly he was boxed into a proverbial legal corner because he pleads guilty. He pled guilty to U.S. Code 1519, destruction and concealment of a tangible object with intent to obstruct federal investigation. I think that's a very specific charge. So clearly there was a lot of stuff thrown. I'm assuming that he was arrested. We don't have all the details here. We have to assume that he was arrested. We have to assume he had to get a lawyer. We had to assume his lawyer said, you are so fucked here. There's very little you can do other than hope that they are lenient on a copying a plea, which is clearly what happened because we've identified several additional crimes, right? There's definitely some criminal behavior relating to violations of FAA and NTSB, lying to authorities. I'm sure there was several other charges that could have been levied. I guess they all incorporated into taking a, a fairly lenient single charge. Um, and we also understand that based upon his... Um, his uh, plea deal, plea deal that if he is in prison, depending on what the judge states, no, uh, no more than 24 months, he can never appeal it. Which means, if he's due in two years, he's got to do two years. He doesn't get to appeal it. So then you wonder, after all this has happened, he's pled guilty. What has happened to Trevor Jacobs' YouTube channel? And so I put a screenshot of it up here for you. Let's see if I have a slide. I do. And believe it or not, this is the video that I cut up and showed you the relevant chunks of. This video has had 4.3 million views. It was republished, uh, I guess, a year ago. He has 142,000 subscribers, and there's over 21,000 comments on this video alone. There's 43 thousand likes on this video alone so kind of interesting i i was i was kind of shocked the video is still out there after he was allowed to plead guilty so we'll see if it's still out there and by the time he gets sentencing because 
Now we just wait for sentencing. This is where we are in the case. And this case had everything was developed except for what he got as a sentence. And I was like, we need to do this one because we could just update it later with his sentence because there's so much information about the videos and so forth. So this is the point where we just give you Seth and my few concluding thoughts before we take you out. So why don't you take the first couple of thoughts, Seth? So what do we learn here? There were, as I just mentioned, many, many more crimes here than he was charged with, right? He was basically charged with the cover-up, but they neglected to charge him for, I'm sure, failing to file, you know, a, a flight path or, you know, or filing a fraudulent flight path. I'm assuming he didn't say in his flight plan, hey, I'm going to crash the plane somewhere here. So that's probably problematic. He lied to not one, but two different Sorry. I mean, there's you know, probably a dozen crimes that could have been tacked on. The government's really good about tacking these things on. So clearly that was all a plea agreement here. We also understood the cover-up could be a maximum 20-year sentence. But since he pled guilty, and I'm assuming it's a first-time offense for him, will probably be you know somewhere in the 18-month to two-year range. Now, I wouldn't be ruling out, Jones, that there are some civil claims that um, could be added as well. I don't know. I mean, the problem is there's really no victim here. If he paid for the, his own cleanup, um, I'm not really sure there's anything civilly to go after him for, um, but it's to be determined. All right. So the two thoughts that I had at the end of this was the first was this video alone received millions of views. So even if you say ah, he already had all those subscribers and people just came there for the video and never, never subscribed to his channel, that's still a lot of views for one video. And you think about that and you say, well, even though he pled guilty, isn't he kind of continuing to gain from this? Because even if YouTube says you can't monetize or make money off of this, this, um, to this video that you put out there of your plane crash, people are still coming to his channel to see it. And then as a result, there's going to be X amount of the population that will then subscribe to him and it will contribute at some point to what he's able to make off of places like YouTube. And then I, as I'm thinking down this line, I'm thinking, I wonder if whatever sentence he gets will be worth it. You know, will it be worth two years for say 4 million views on this thing and say, I don't know, 50,000 signups or 50,000 subscriptions. I don't know. I can't answer that. It seems like no time would be the best route in life, but that's just me. And then it, I, as I'm finishing out this thought, even if somehow YouTube says, okay, he cannot profit from this video, wouldn't YouTube still be profiting because they're probably running ads to a substantial portion of the people that come there every couple of minutes and they're making money off of it. So it seems like that video, if it's not down, you know, I know people are going to watch this in the future and I expect that that video is probably not going to be online super long, especially after he's sentenced. So if you ever want to watch it, you probably want to jump online. Um, we got the link in our sources and, you know, if you want to watch the video version of it, we cut out the relevant portions of, of it in this episode. So with that, how to reach us. There is a website that we put together. It's eCrimeBytes, E-C-R-I-M-E-B-Y as in yellow milk, T-E-S dot com. And that's got everything. 
So if you can't remember anything else, go to that website because on your phone, there's this three little horizontal line button. If you click that, it has all our social media accounts. It has our glossary. It has our newsletters, just everything, everything that you would need. And if you're on your desktop, you're not going to see that three little lines. You're just going to have that menu all across the top on your web browser, and it'll be one click less for you. So what can you do if you're on, let's say YouTube, please like and subscribe. So like this video, subscribe to the channel. If you're on places like a audio podcasting app, please like us or whatever the equivalent of a like is there, but definitely subscribe. So that way, you know, about the new episodes we have coming out and specifically Apple podcast. If you're on Apple, which is about half of our audio listeners, please give us a five-star review there because that's how other new Apple users find us. It's in the number of reviews from what I understand. And then if you're on any of the other social media like Twitter slash X or LinkedIn or uh, Facebook, any of those, if you see our videos there, please like them. And if you think there's anybody that would enjoy them, please share it with them because we're not going to go out there and buy a ton of ads to talk about our podcast. This is a hobby thing for Seth and I, and the only way we're probably going to get bigger is if our audience shares this with other audience members or people find us in Google. So we appreciate any word that you can spread. And with that, I enjoyed this case. Did you have any more of a summary or parting thoughts or anything you'd like to leave with this case, Seth? No, I mean, I think we, we started with this really, which was just, you know, I think obviously it's fun to make fun of the the guy and, you know, the, the clearly, you know, people who jump into an airplane with a parachute on who are not doing aeronautics are clearly looking just to crash a fucking plane, video it, and then claim he doesn't know what he was doing. Um, but I do think it kind of, you know, talks or points at a broader problem with uh, social media right now, which is anybody's a star and anybody who's willing to do something outrageous you know, can get views and likes and make a living out of it, which I don't condemn. Good for you. Social media influencering is a influencer. Influencering is a real thing. I know several people who do it and I tip my hat to them. I mean, if we could make a living doing this, we would. But um, when you're doing stuff that's outrageous and it violates the law and puts people at risk, um, that's where it gets a little bit not only like eyebrow raising, but I find it offensive, right? I mean, follow the law. It's not that hard. And by the way, I'm pretty sure he could have pulled this off. He could have probably called the local LA County and, you know, and then file like, hey, I'm going to do a stunt and this is how we're going to do it. And we want to make sure it's safe. And I'm sure it would have involved a lot more paperwork, but it still could have gotten him to where he wants to be without being a criminal. Yeah, it was a fun case. It, it was one of those that like the Jimmy Zong case that I sat on for so long and I just couldn't wait to finally present to you. So. Here it is. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did because every document I read, I was like, what? And it, it, I hope it lived up to it. So with that, I hope you come back next week because next week I picked a special, special case just for Seth because we talked about in our previous season, we talked about the different professions that we've chosen that electronic crime had been in. We talked about police officers, we've talked about accountants and so forth. And there's one profession that I've left out that I have the perfect case for next week. And it's a lawyer who spies on his former firm. 
And I picked this one especially for you, Seth. And it isn't a criminal case. It's actually a, um, like a, uh, what do you call it? Like an attorney reprimand case, which still has some court documents to it. And I was able to pull it and get the technical details and how he did it and what the victim saw and all that kind of great stuff that we'll put into a nice little story and present to you next week. So I hope you come back and join us on that one. Thanks. Bye.